Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. When we talk about ourselves, or we talk about our memories and our remembrances, when we talk about our lives, we have this tendency uh, to place them in points of time. We have, uh, we relate to the past within a certain number of years. We relate to the past as if in a certain decade or century. And we define the past by a time period. So everything is categorized according to its timeline. And uh, this is who I was 20 years ago. This is who I was 30 years ago. This is who I was 40 years ago. In my case, even more. But uh, we, we do it with time. And when you mentally picture things within a timeline and you hold on to things within descriptions that involve time, whether you realize it or not, you're pulling yourself out of the eternal. Because, because of the fact that you place something within a, a certain time, you've all of a sudden limited the very nature of what it is that you're talking about. And that is, in fact, what putting things in particular time does for you. It limits the nature of what it is that you're involved with. Now, think of it like this. You're here one moment, and then you're in the past in your head, and then you have a discussion about the past with a friend. And now you have been thrown back into a specific time and place. Well, this specific time and place has all of the trappings of illusion that come with that specific time and place. Because any time we place something within the parameters of what surrounds it, for instance, world events, whatever they were at that time, music, whatever it was at that time, we have described existence by way of the illusion that we were involved with while that existence was going on. Now, we can continue to do that. We continue to describe our present life by the illusion that is going on around us during this specific time in our existence. Um, I practiced law for a long time, and they used to have these gatherings of lawyers 
every month in my county, every year at a, an annual uh, place where they would go on convention. And uh, I stopped going to these things because I got tired of listening to lawyers talk about their cases. And these lawyers were all defining themselves. I did this on such and such a date, and this occurred because of what I did then. And so everybody was placing themselves in time and place and trying to explain to you why what they had done in certain times and places was so incredibly stinking important. And I basically could care less. I had enough trouble trying to control what I was dealing with in time and space to worry about what everybody else was dealing with in time and space. Now, we have chosen to go into a path that isn't limited by time and space. We lived an existence with a sheikh where when you walked into his room, you walked out of time and space into an eternal mode where there was no change. He didn't speak about current events. He spoke about human condition. He didn't speak about the changes in the illusory nature of things. He spoke about God's qualities. He brought into our life the changeless that which does not alter, and took us out of that which is constantly changing and constantly altering, and attempted to put and attempted to put us in the place of the eternal. He would ask, "What is it that you are looking for? Are you looking for that which is temporary and disappears, or are you looking for that which is?" eternal. So here we go through our life. And every day we have to deal with that which is temporary and disappears. Every day we have to deal with the illusory illusory situations that we are currently in and which we're trying to somehow resolve. And then we have to make the move from that situation into the situation that is without time and space, which is not limited by our circumstances, which is not limited by our conditions. How many of us are capable of making that move? Most people define themselves by their situation and their condition. They are incapable of pulling themselves out of their situation and their condition to go to that eternal place of reality. Hak and the world are different places, even though they exist simultaneously, and you don't have to move to get from one to the other. You just have to change your state. So, <clears throat> as we go through being worldly, we become entrenched in being worldly. We get into the rut 
of being worldly. We get into the path of being worldly. We get into the methodology of being worldly. And we judge ourselves whether we are good at being worldly or bad at being worldly. Whether we have worldly success or don't have worldly success. Whether we have worldly difficulties or don't have worldly difficulties. What happened to disappearing? What happened to being away from all of that? To be separate from all of that? To be able to step out of all of that. Stop the world. I want to get off. Well, you can! And you don't have to go anywhere to do it. You have to alter your belief system and change the priorities of what's important to you. As long as the world holds sway in your belief system, you can't get off. As long as your circumstances hold sway in your belief system, you can't get off. As long as your telephone occupies everything that you're doing and you can't move it from in front of your face, you can't get off. We're addicted to the things of the world to the point that where we want to get off, we can't get off. When I was a young lawyer, there was an older lawyer in my office who was about 74, 5, 6, 3 years old. And I asked him a question. And he took me into the library and uh, he pulled out a book and he opened it and there was a case about that specific situation and the answer to the question. I thought this was pretty amazing. I said, wow, that's really good and impressive. He said, he looked at me and he said, don't become like me. This is all I know. When I go uh, to a place of worship, this is what I think about. When I'm with my wife, this is what I think about. When I'm with my children, this is what I think about. I can't think about anything else. This has all become stuck with inside of me and I can't move from it. It has surrounded me and it has engulfed me. Now I'm not I'm sure that's not exactly what he said, but he did he did say I can't think about anything else. Now, can we leave the obsessive thought patterns that we have that involve the world? Can we get the obsessive the obsessive thought patterns that we have about our past? about our condition, about what we think about our condition, about what our condition should be, about our hallucinations as to how important we should be, or how rich we should be, or how this or that or whatever we should be, and are we able to move into Hak? Because none of the things that carry weight within the world carry weight within Hak. Do they give commendations for compassion? Sometimes. Very, very seldom. But if you don't have compassion, can you step into Hak? If you don't have love, can you step 
into reality. If you don't have those qualities, you can't escape from the qualities that the world has that engulf you. You see, in order to be able to do away with that which you are addicted to, what you're addicted to has to be burned up. And how does it get burned up? Love burns addictions, mental addictions. It takes them out of your brain and replaces them with compassion. Compassion burns up addictions. It burns up thought patterns because it takes you to a place uh, from worldly excess to divine ecstasy. And divine ecstasy is not put into place by things that you can get in the world. Money can't buy you love. Everybody knows this. Nobody believes it. We have to be the ones who believe that love is more important than all of the accumulations that we have gathered in our worldly life. We have to begin to believe that these things are not important and that love is important. And what happens when love and compassion become overwhelming in your being, there's a detachment from time and space. You're in a different place. Something has happened. And that's one of the reasons for pilgrimage. Pilgrimage puts you in a different time and space. That does not necessarily mean that it will affect your internal being and doing, but it gives you an opportunity to escape from your everyday routine into something that is totally otherworldly especially from people from the U.S. If you go to Mecca from the U.S., it's like being on Mars if you've never been into that kind of a circumstance before. And so all of a sudden it throws off the way you see things and you begin to realize really quickly that all of the cultural um, mileposts and high posts and opinions and ideas that you have don't work here. There's a totally different set of cultural opinions and ideas here than what you have back home. So all of a sudden, there's this clash of culture. Now, if you're smart, and if you've got insight, you will realize, wow, culture is just an external manifestation of internal bullshit. And when you realize that, then you got to come to the conclusion, I need to go beyond culture. I need to go beyond my addictions. I need to be go beyond that which I have set myself into as reality. I need to escape and I need to end up somewhere where I can touch Huck. And I have to find a place that's free enough 
inside of myself to be able to touch Huck, to touch reality. And if you can't let go of your time and space manifestation, if you can't let go of your time and space photograph that you hold in your head of who you are, if you can't let go of being defined by the world, if you can't let go of trying to define yourself so that you fit into the world, you can't go beyond the world. You are doomed to spend your life within the dunya. You are shackled to an existence that gets pleasure from worldly things and is incapable of getting pleasure from that which is the truth. In Tamil, they have different definitions for pleasure. They have what they call the small pleasures and then the great pleasure. And the small pleasure deals with the things that you get from the world. And the great pleasures are the ecstasies that come from the divine. And unless we can move into the ecstatic, the divine ecstatic, we will continue to replay the same emotions, the same feelings, the same difficulties and happinesses in the world that we've been replaying our entire life. And even though the surroundings may seem to change, nothing changes. The only change happens when we give up all that which we anticipate and think we need in the world as important and become still within the framework of the world so that what comes comes and what goes goes and our involvement is not with that. When that happens there is a paradigm shift into reality because we are no longer controlled by the 6.30 news or the 6 o'clock news or the 5.30 news or the 5 o'clock news or the 4 o'clock news or the 7.30 a.m. news or the 8.30 a.m. news. We're controlled by something else. Allah is known as Rahman and he has given us the ability to be Rahman. Allah is known as Rahim and he has given us the ability to be Rahim. What is more important, fame, wealth, titles, or Rahman? We don't say in the name of money and wealth. We don't say in the name of fame. We say in the name of God, mercy, and compassion. And Allah has created us in His image, and His image is mercy and compassion. So what image have we taken on? Have we taken on the image of fame, the image of wealth, the image of power, or have we taken on the image of mercy and compassion? They're not compatible for the most part. There are those who can swim in both worlds, but they're very rare 
and we should realize that the, the, the measure of a man is to be put in places where he has to deal with difficulties in the world, yet he is able to be in the realm of mercy and compassion simultaneously. Wealth will show you what a man's really like. Fame will show you what a man's really like. All of a sudden he has this worldly power and then you'll see what he's like because he can use that power and how does he use that power? That's why there's so many few statesmen in the world because they can't use it appropriately. They become ill from it yet they don't know they're ill. This is our life. And as above, so below. The same things that presidents and kings go through, you go through in your own kingdom. You go through in your own life. And these tests are given to everybody at the same level. Can you do what you have to do in the realm of mercy and compassion? Or do you have to use the tools of the world in order to get justice in the world? Or can you use the tools of Allah so that you end up with justice in Haq? We're constantly placed in this dilemma and we constantly have to respond to it. So when we fall into time and place, we have to say this isn't real and we have to make that shift into Haq. And <clears throat> we have to do it over and over and over again because the world is where we live in our elemental body. And this elemental body is subject to all the magnetisms and pulls of the world. Yet we have to break that circuit constantly to be able to go to the realm of Haq, to the realm of Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Not an easy job, but it's the one we've been given. And it's the one that we have to do. May Allah make it easy for all of us. Amin, amin. Ya Rabbil Alameen. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.